Hello and welcome to What Is Your Working Class, the podcast dedicated to exploring the rich variety that exists in working classness. And today I'm joined by artist Mitchell Smith. To make sure to stay up to date on all new episodes, make sure to follow us on Twitter at What Is Your Work One and on your chosen podcast provider. Thank you very much for listening and hope you enjoy the episode. Hey Mitchell, how's it going? Hello there, thank you. All good. All good. Glad to hear it. Nice Where about to be so, here. Glad to hear it. Uh, so you're in London at the moment, right? Yeah, in London, in um, lovely New Cross, actually, southeast London. Ah, yeah. nice. How long have you been there for? I've been living here a couple of years, actually, in this little flat, but I've been kind of all over the place. I was living in Maida Vale for a little bit, um, which wasn't as nice as it sounds. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is a nice Str- name. <laughs> Yeah, um, I was in Streatham for a bit, in Wimbledon, yeah, kind of gone all around in a couple of years, moving a lot, so it's been nice to stay still for a little bit in uh, cross. Definitely. Yeah. So, what is your class background? Ah, so, there's a good <laughs> question. I've been thinking about this a little bit. So, I'm, I'm working class. I, I would say I'm from a a very low working class background to begin with, um, where I kind of originated from. I was born in Birmingham. Um, I moved down to Torbay, Torquay and Devon when I was three years old uh, with my family. Um, single mother, alcoholic, on benefits, all of this. It, it was quite rough growing up. We didn't have a lot. No, no one was working, like anyone I knew, all kind of, you know, benefits on the doll, all of her friends, my mum's friends, and, and my dad wasn't really working either. So, so very early on, I, I was um, without, or it felt like I was without, um, despite them sort of doing their best with the, the problems at hand. Uh, and then I went into the foster care system, actually, later on, when I was 15 years old. So it's quite late for someone to do that, really, in the UK, basically because of how my life and my surroundings were impacting my studies. Um, so I basically placed myself into foster care through volunteering and my sister as well. So a shaky start there, really. But yeah, I mean, considering all of that, it's you know, things have gone, things have gone okay. I was able to go to uni thanks to the taxpayer um, <laughs> and all of this kind of student loan as well, which I now now do owe back, unfortunately. Uh, but um, yeah, I've kind of worked my way towards a job and stuff, you know, you know, when you get on your own feet and able to make your own decisions and yeah, things are okay now, really. So yeah, I've kind of seen kind of some of how bad it gets, I think. Um, a lot of kind of negatives alcohol drug abuse and stuff and you know the kind of volatile lifestyle that comes with that and and also now I'm obviously in London you'll probably hear this a lot from people you talk to when they move to London they they start seeing how poor they they really are and how how much money people really do have and the kind of divisions that are in place and but but also I suppose it is a scale and 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 I think I'm moving up that scale slightly now that I'm better educated and I've got a stable job and stuff so maybe somewhere in the middle of working class now rather than the low low end of that Mm. yes yeah when did you come to realize you were working class Mm. it's um I mean there's definitely been moments in my life where it's it's become quite evident suddenly you know they happen and you kind of stand back and you go okay that that means I'm working class and and it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb to you 
but but generally speaking the answer to that question is i i always knew i was um since day one and you know when i was it's not like i was ever introduced to the idea of being working class it's it's just that i was working class um you know as long as i can remember but yeah as i say living in london um that there's moments where you know, I was walking to work in the morning and I'd, I'd be walking along, you know, past Paddington and stuff. And, and you'd see like just like the rubbish on the floor. It's just different. Like there, there's champagne bottles. There's like Gucci handbags sort of <laughs> packaging. Yeah, it's weird. And it's a strange observation. And it's only something you'll realise if you're not from that place. Um, and, and the waste people reduce and, and the kind of byproduct of living, I think, is quite interesting to, to kind of look at actually um and, and then after i was you know walking along thinking about all this stuff and then i stood in some dog shit so it's it's like you know you're never really too far from reality yeah. in any case but who I mean, answers that question yeah it's i i've never really thought about the class distinction in rubbish <laughs> such a <laughs> yeah yeah and especially because london is such a strange city because you have like you just have pockets of different communities all across mm-hmm. London. And you sort of, you can tell when you've gone into a different one. And in each one, you have this sort of fluctuating scale of like, oh, you can yeah, tell where yeah. the working class areas are. And Exactly, exactly. And, and I think if, if I'm not wrong, there's also some sort of uh, regulation in place where they, I think they need some level or some number of like council housing or public funded housing and stuff per like meet mile even um so that's interesting because there's always going to be a bit of contrast happening whereas people want it or they don't and you can't really get away from it due to that so so it's interesting seeing living side by side really the, the kind of big divide of class and the different communities mingling but but you know i mean thinking about all of this stuff recently more than i usually do um, I, I wanted to get across that, despite what I'm saying here and how I feel now expressing this, I, I feel like class is becoming less of an issue for me as I get older, as I develop professionally and stuff. Um, I, I'm probably quite privileged to be able to say that I don't worry about it too much now, um, whereas I definitely used to more. Uh, so that's an interesting thing. But but yeah, I, I do want to get that across that it's... Um, it's not really an impacting kind of key thing in my life that I have to worry about. That is interesting. I've got friends as well who have come from working class backgrounds and they have this new level of security or comfort or whatever what you want to call it. And they're of the same mindset where their class is, it's no longer as big in uh, presence in their life, but occasionally there'll mm-hmm. be some things that co- crop up and then they're reminded and I find that really interesting yeah. how there, you will always, there will be some things that just trigger it. But as you move up in terms of social mobility, there are these changes. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, yeah, there's definitely a few different um, reasons for that, probably. But um, I know a big one for me would be because of just like self, you know, being being more confident in who I actually am and more kind of accepting of that person now that I'm a bit more sure of myself as well um I think you know being a teenager is a weird thing and mm. <laughs> like you're so anxious <laughs> and you don't know who you are or who you want to be and who you can be or you know what's possible and stuff so 
yeah definitely like I used to worry about how I was perceived and you know trying to control that and and you know nowadays I just think I am this person and take it or leave it really so Mm. yeah as well as you know money and um yeah financial sort of mobility being a part of this as well yeah still have to work don't I so (laughs) yeah (laughs) turning to your creative work I want to start with your artist statement because I think everybody needs to look at your artist statement and look at your work and realize (laughs) how perfect it is I mean it's I don't know how to describe it because it is it's just so clear and you get it immediately I mean how did you how did you come to find that and how was that journey of figuring out okay well this is it this is my artist statement yeah I will say it is um um... it's Green Day uh Jesus of Suburbia the short version just to give some Mm -hmm. content to people but just yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) That, that's right isn't it so yeah so it's a video link uh, basically when you click on the artist statement it's a video to that song um I, I haven't really thought about this very much as you'd probably think I'd have a good answer here but it, it's basically almost not a rejection of the artist statement because they they are quite useful um I enjoy reading other people's artist statements and I do actually have a proper one. Um, I say a proper one <laughs> if, if it's like needed because um, there's so many sort of loops and, you know, boxes mm. to tick with all these applications and all this stuff. Um, but I, I do try to give just a link to this song where possible, um, where they accept it um, as an answer. Mm. But basically, yeah, I, I just think um, that song is is just fucking sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's just really good. And it really does sum up a lot of my feelings about like life and sort of um, especially growing up. And, and there's almost some satire in using it in that way because it's it's kind of a bit on the nose almost. And uh, yeah, just a bit of fun, really. Um, try not to take this stuff too seriously because mm. it's, yeah, artist statements, they're always so overly, you know, critical, overanalyzed, all these big mm. words, trying to impress and maybe yeah. you don't even understand it yourself. <laughs> it's you know it's all a bit pretentious sometimes and I just want to remove that uh, where possible and just be you know just be genuine so bit of a laugh really yeah but no <laughs> yeah. it's just it it just does it gives such a clear representation of what you do mm-hmm. and I mean I've read a lot Listen. of artist statements and some of them are just utter shite like yeah yeah whereas it's, it's almost they're wanting to project what they want to be Mm-hmm. rather than what they actually are and it's that's almost, it that's it yeah whereas yeah i i can't recommend this enough go check out uh mitchell's work and the artist statement and you'll and figure out why it's so good it'll, <laughs> it'll you. help you immensely yeah <laughs> it's it's good to hear that that it's being received well and um it, it was actually quite recently where i did kind of an overhaul to my website and sort of instagram stuff to kind of be a bit more careful about what I do put there instead of just everything it was kind of just like visual vomit at one point so now it's a bit more curated really and a bit more um it kind of makes more sense to me as well but yeah you know don't don't get me wrong like a, a good artist statement is is uh does have its purpose and it's very valuable I think but but yeah you know there's a lot of people who you know they'll put in I'm a surrealist and 
I, I just read that like are you are you really <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> you can't just call, call yourself a surrealist because you believe you are like I feel like a lot of it's um I feel like a lot of people put down a lot of words that they they're not really living up to um mm. sometimes so uh, maybe I'm just being too careful <laughs> yeah. to avoid it but how did you get into <laughs> art in the first place so I, I've always been visual and uh, I've always just drawn like as I say growing up we didn't have too much um we didn't have the internet for quite a long time until I was probably about 12 I think so a lot of my friends would be you know playing video games and all that stuff and on like Neopets which is mm. pretty cool <laughs> um, but I didn't really have access to that so I remember just using sort of MS Paint um, like all night long my eyes would like burn so I just enjoy making making like work and visual sort of mess and pen and paper um, was just like my hobby really something to do when when I wanted some fun um, I didn't I didn't have sort of the desire to sort of read much um, so it really was just drawing that was there as a kind of crutch and my my solution to sort of live really so and then from then it's just kind of developed um, I remember you know at school when you have to like pick what you're going to do in life and your options and all of this ex extra stuff I didn't really have any guidance and I was on a bus one day home from school and I heard someone talking to her like dad who seemed to have his life together and I was just like earwigging and and he he was like oh you need to pick IT son because like this this is going to be everywhere like computers and all this um so, so I did I picked IT as well I thought that was what he was saying was making a lot of sense and and so I, I ended up being a bit more like graphics and media kind of art kind of package kind of thing interest in that area anyway and and basically when I got to college it was politely suggested that I wasn't very good at that stuff <laughs> um, and to focus on my <laughs> yeah and to really just focus on like my strengths because um, I think they could just tell what I really wanted to do and what yeah. I was just trying to do to to be you know organized and whatever but but yeah, that, since then, it's just, it's literally all I know is just doing creative things, you make something and you never really stop to think about why too much. Yeah. Mm. Going to your artwork, there's a couple of pieces that I really love. Um, I'm starting to like this headache. I really like that mm. piece. Um, could you talk a, bit, a little bit yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah, of course. So well, it's quite a recent work as well, actually. Uh, <laughs> A lot of people have asked me about it because it's it's got the word <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe quite yeah. big, um, <laughs> and it just sort of in red letters it sort of sticks out like what what does it mean? With, with painting, although I've been like making and doing stuff and I've used paint a lot before, I wasn't ever like a self-proclaimed like painter um, until recently. Really, I went through like uni, my masters, and I, I wasn't really a painter, and only when I finished these courses I was like I want to be a painter um which is kind of stupid but but yeah this work is I've been wrestling with kind of how my work is received and how I read it and and what does it mean and you know a, a lot of my art's about like what does that object do when it's next to that object or that mm -hmm. subject matter you know semiotics how does it interact and what could someone think of this that I don't think of this and just these sort of surprise concepts you don't really come up with yourself and have no control over so 
so yeah so this work in particular is it's more about just sort of putting things down and seeing what happens and it's just sort of letting its own reaction take place rather than trying to really control it I was watching a film with Daniel Radcliffe in using like a South African prison I think oh um, yeah as you are name. Um, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought that was that was quite funny like to see Harry Potter doing that kind of serious yeah. role and to his credit he did quite a good job but a bit of a dodgy accent so yeah I just thought like you know it, it's, it's almost like an immediate reaction I just put his name down like well done Daniel here's, here's your painting and yeah tried to caption yeah tried to tag him on Instagram but he doesn't use it so oh, his loss <laughs> didn't work I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, an easy so. Yeah, I mean, I love. There's almost this element of like the bathroom, the toilet bathroom wall in like a club vibe, where it's like people will just contribute to the graffiti that's on the wall, and it's most of it is just like, what the hell does this mean? It's an in joke for themselves and for maybe their five mates who were on that night out, and it's mm-hmm. your art has almost that essence to it of it's almost all of these things and you sort of go into it and you're just sort of left to try and figure out what the connections are yeah yeah that's that's interesting you say that actually um there's, there's probably more in what you just said than i ever realized <laughs> um <laughs> i used to sort of have a lot of parties um due to my lack of uh, kind of control as a child i would just sort of do whatever i want influenced by Bad kind of sources such as like Jackass and you know Bam oh, yeah. and stuff. So yeah, I, I did get a bit out of control at times, and and yeah, to to kind of say it how it was, I really did literally like graffiti like my house or my mum's house. It, it wasn't good, quite irresponsible, but mm. but yeah, visually, I think probably some of that has stayed with me, and yeah, it, it does look quite quite wall based, quite graffiti like um, in that regard. There's also something I am quite conscious of, which is the sort of layering um, of images. So most of my works have got quite a lot going on beneath and you, you get sort of weird lumps eventually and different marks coming through, covered in white mostly. And, and this just generally happens because I'm trying to like deal with it. So, so I'll put something down, sort of look at it and, you know, if it doesn't work or if it's too prominent, I'll push it back a bit, kind of paint it out a little bit and and yeah, just trying to deal with it like visually as well as you know what what it, what it means. So it does get mm. quite layery. Mm. Yeah, I get that sort of almost a texturing of the past in what you're seeing at that moment. Uh, another piece of damage control, which mm. is again, it's like it's such an interesting piece because you've got elements of it where it's like really cartoony. There's one that's almost like done in your notebook and then there's one of a snake where it's like it's a particular color it's almost it's the color of like a pen that you use at school Uh, that might be me just reading into it too much but it's sort of yeah yeah something about that color so yeah that damage control is um it's actually one of my first works as this sort of um as this painter that I'm supposed to be now and trying to be <laughs> it's 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 one of the the kind of the new works of you know where I decided to go down this route and and I think it really I'm glad I did it and it really helped me figure things out when I did that work it it kind of just 
you know, put everything in context for me and I could look at it and feel like what I was doing was kind of working somehow and gave me a, gave me a bit of confidence to move forward, I think. It's, it's, it's a nice work, actually, and mm. that there's, there's works where you kind of look back and you go, that was a good, that was a good one. Um, they just kind of stick out. So um, it's interesting you picked that one up, actually. Yeah, it was, it's just such an interesting pain and going over what you were saying earlier about the, um, you'd find things and go, ah, i got to cover that up and then uh, pushing it back and then adjusting it. You get that sort of idea that there are things that have been pushed back, but you've got the marking of it. And it's sort of, it's, yeah, yeah. it's just a really interesting bit of work. I really love it. Cool, man. Thanks. That, that means a lot. And uh, I'm glad to hear it. It's, uh, I was just wondering why you were saying that, listening to it back is um, I wonder if as I, as I do this a bit more, maybe I'll stop having to rub things out and <laughs> kind of go over <laughs> them and, uh, and maybe that's a catch twenty two. If it, yeah, never. Uh, do you feel it doesn't, guilty? Doesn't have its charm. Do you feel guilty when you rub stuff out? No, not really. Sometimes I regret it. So yeah. I'll be like, "Oh, that's a bit shit." I'll, I'll cover that up with a bit of gesso, or whatever, and start again. And and I'll paint over it and <laughs> try something else. And I'm like, whatever I had before was a lot better than this. And, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you, you go through, and and I think like your mood is it, it's really annoying because basically what i want is is an image something visual where whatever mood i'm in i'll look at it and feel all right with it I'll, I'll feel like it's settled it works for me it does what i want but but your mood like if you're tired you'll look at someone you know it just doesn't work one day or you know if, if you're happy maybe it doesn't work because you weren't happy when you made it and it's and that's something i'm always just trying to deal with really and and where do i let that happen as well so um, maybe try to control things a bit less than, than I want to. Otherwise, I'll never make any work. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that fear. It's a strange of, one. Yeah. I get that completely of going, I've, I've just finished a piece at the moment, which I've been working on for the past maybe two months, but it basically killed itself. Like, right. At the eight minute mark, it was like a 16 minute piece and it killed itself halfway through. So I had to redo it and I had to sort of, find the enthusiasm for the piece again yeah yeah that's that's a rough one isn't it I and mean, if you know abandoning ship a bit but yeah the piece you're making now I'm sure it wouldn't be as good or wouldn't exist without that process so it's, it's just all you know the way it has to happen um sometimes that's unfortunate but I, I think it's all for the best um yeah it's all important but yeah it's, yeah with with a paint team like that at least you know I suppose you can see something did happen before and I quite like the look of that with a piece of music, maybe not so much. And <laughs> there's probably a bit more behind the scenes that, you know, you can't, can't show your workings. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, going to one of your pieces that's not a painting, uh, talk about blood didn't mean to. Mm. That's something yeah. really nice. Um, what's the story behind that piece? So that's the just for context as a podcast that's the carton of milk with some roses in there um basically it's a, a bit of a funny one um i was doing this series of work sort of about life and sort of matter and like existence my without going too dark my parents both died when i was well my dad when i was 18 mum when i was 21 so this actually happened because I was feeling a bit mortal 
um, all of a sudden and, you know, aware of life and how fragile and strange it is to exist and stuff. And maybe not so negative, but there were definitely these kind of feelings in the air. So I was using like milk and cream and like eggs and stuff that was sort of alive, sort of not, it's between object and, you know, an animal and, mm. And so that was the subject matter, the reason for that. And then the, the roses in there kind of really just to visually, I just thought it looked, it, it just felt like something I wanted to see happen and to sort of look at it. And again, just to sort of deal with it and, you know, get that idea, that itch out of, out of my head and kind of move forward. Um, I ended up doing a few with sort of mints as well, like sunflowers in mints, um, which really, didn't smell very good no. <laughs> and yeah I was like tattooing like a bit of gammon as well and stuff and yeah. this area of work like I really like it visually and I think I like what it means but I'm a vegetarian so like right. I, I, yeah <laughs> a I, bit I of a conflict have... of interest maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so I always had like yeah trouble with actually doing it and you know the morals and you know was it worth doing really and yeah for what's sake so I kind of put it to bed a little bit um but it's definitely something still in my head and something I'll probably pursue at a later stage if I can find a way to do so what are you working on at the moment I've actually just got a little bit of a studio together I'm renting something now um I've been painting in my lounge for ages and probably won't get my deposit back so <laughs> fine <laughs> finally got somewhere to work in uh, in Woolwich uh, which is great so I've just been enjoying the space like priming huge bits of canvas I'm not really sure what to do with them and so I've got a few series of paintings on the go as well some deck chairs on the way sort of being painted and stuff so at the moment I'm sort of uh, dismantling what what a canvas is and I actually work in customer services is my day job for an art supply company and I think my current work is basically a reaction to that um, mm. kind of things having to be perfect and complaints about you know little problems and so I'm just trying to sort of amplify you know like creases in canvases folds and smashing them up a bit and seeing what happens really it's a bit of a bit of a laugh <laughs> mm, sounds good so where can people go to find more of your work? You can see my website, and I think that's where I'd like you to go if you're going to go anywhere. <laughs> uh, it's just msmith.art, because as I say, I control what's on there a little bit more nowadays. But yeah, Instagram as well, on Instagram as Catastrophe of Existence, you can find me on there. Um, that's probably the best two places for now. Kind of sick of Facebook, not using it, Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> it's too many. Yeah. <laughs> I've cut down as well. I, I just want the one to keep my Yeah, yeah, going. exactly. It's, it's it's hard to, yeah, it takes up so much time. And um, yeah, I always worry too much about what sort of, you know, how it's coming across, you know, if it's received well. And yeah, now I'm trying to not care about that so much and just get on with it, really do my mm. thing. Uh, Mitchell, thank you so much for talking to me. It's been really interesting getting to know more about your work. Yeah, yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. It's oh, good to have a chat. Bye. Cheers. <laughs> All right, speak to you soon. Take care, mate. Bye. 
And that is the episode. I'd like to thank Mitchell for coming and talking to me about his work and for you for listening to this week's episode of What Is Your Working Class. To stay up to date on all new episodes, make sure to follow us on Twitter at What Is Your Work One and on your chosen podcast provider. Thank you very much and hopefully hear from me soon.